The Holy Gospel according to Luke, the 23rd chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. When they came to the place that is called the skull, they crucified Jesus there with the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they cast lots to divide his clothing. And the people stood by watching. But the leaders scoffed at him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself if he is the Messiah of God, his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine and saying, If you are the king of, king of the Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over him, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who were hanged there kept deriding him and saying, Are you not the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed have been condemned justly, for we are getting what we deserve for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus replied, Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be Well, officially, today is Christ the King Sunday. However, I much prefer to use the title Reign of Christ. And I do that for a very specific reason. And trust me, I'm not the only one who does this. But I do it for this specific reason. Because we have no example of an earthly king that can compare to who Jesus is as a king. And so anytime we conjure up that image, whatever image we have in our mind is simply wrong. And so instead, I like to talk about today as the reign of Christ, to recognize that he reigns in a way that looks like no other reign we have seen. Now we have two very different images in our readings this morning. We have the reading from Colossians, which has a very high opinion of who Jesus is, a high opinion of who Jesus uh, is as, um, as his, in his divinity. We heard in Colossians that he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For in him all things in heaven and on earth were created, things visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or powers, all things have been created through him and for him. That's called a high Christology. As Christ, as this divine one sent by God, the creator of all things, everything created through him. And really, in a lot of ways, on the other end of the spectrum, we then have the gospel reading from Luke this morning. 
And the thing that most people held against Christians early on is that nobody else's God ever died. Nobody else's God could die. So how on earth do these first Christians claim that not only their God died, but that their God was raised again? And when Jesus was crucified, when he was taken to the place of the skull, he was crucified as one who was far outside the power of the day. Romans, if they liked you, didn't crucify you. But if they didn't like you, or you were a lowly enough person, someone on the outside, then you were crucified. And so Jesus, in this moment, is treated like a common criminal in the face of the Roman judgment. But there's many other things that we can find in these readings this morning. And I want to talk to you a little bit about power. Because power is one of those things that we often misunderstand in our world. It's one of the things that we often use uh, in a way that turns us away from God. It's also something that we get wrong when we talk about Jesus. And so I'm going to talk about power in three ways. I'm going to talk about power over, power with, and power for. Now here's what we know about Jesus. Here's what we know that Jesus has claimed. Jesus has claimed power over sin, death, and the devil. We know that. We've heard those words spoken. So Jesus has power over those things. But in Luke's gospel especially, and I think as you've, if you've been listening to me for the last several months, I've been enjoying this trip through Luke's gospel in a way that I never have before in my life. I don't know why. But for whatever reason, Luke is speaking to me this year in a way that Luke hasn't in the past. But the thing that I'm reminded of over and over again in Luke's gospel, it starts from the very beginning in the song his mother sings, that the mighty are going to be cast down and the lowly will be lifted up. That's not power over. That's power for. Power for the sake of others in this world. And if that were the only example, that might be enough. But how many times throughout Luke's gospel do we see him heal those who are on the outside of the community, the lepers that aren't allowed into town? How he heals the blind, the sick, the lame. How he heals those who are, need, are, are needing to be brought back into community. He's using his power for the sake of returning them, restoring them, rebuilding them back into the community that God is calling them to. Into this kingdom that Jesus is creating on this earth. Jesus shows us examples over and over again of having power for the sake of those around him. Now when we get to this scene of Jesus here on the cross, we have the leaders, we have the soldiers, we have one of the criminals that is uh, hanging next to him, trying to get Jesus to exert power over something, power over the power of the day, 
power over life and death in that moment in his own way. Power that would lead him away from God and not towards God. In many ways, it's the same temptation that was offered to Jesus by the devil early on in the gospel to exert his power over God's will, putting his power before what God would have him do. And so the leaders, the soldiers, even the criminal, one of the criminals hanging next to him tries to get him to take this power, take this power of saving himself and saving those around him. But then we hear the words of the other criminal. We hear the other criminal rebuking the first. And he says, do you not fear God since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we have have indeed been condemned justly for we are getting what we deserve for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And then he asks Jesus a very peculiar question. He doesn't say, Jesus, save me. He doesn't say, Jesus, forgive me. But he says, Jesus, remember me. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. It's hard to know what this criminal is actually asking for? Is it simply that his memory will not be forget, forgotten after his death? Or does he recognize something about Jesus that is greater than we can often recognize? That Jesus does not forget those who are lowly and outcast, those who are being hung as a criminal next to him. And Jesus tells him, Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. We're going to die. But where I'm going, you are coming as well. This is not your last moment here, dying in despair. But there's something more being promised. Now let's talk for a minute about the third kind of power. And that's power with. And I think at our best, when we're living out our lives of faith, when we are following Jesus most clearly, most consistently, most whatever you want to say about it at that moment. But in those moments, we are showing power with. Because the only power we have comes from the promises that we have received in Christ Jesus. The only power we have is that Jesus is the head over this body. What what we've heard in Colossians, that Jesus is the head of the body, the church, the beginning and the end, the firstborn from the dead. So with Christ as the head of the body, then we go into the world to be Christ to and for the world. 
We have power with because we have Christ with us in this journey, in these moments. But the temptation that we have, the temptation that is presented to us over and over again, is to exert power over another. You don't have to look very far out into our world to see people who are constantly exerting power over another. And in fact, sometimes on our worst day, we chuckle a little bit when somebody has power over someone we don't like. But this isn't what Christ is calling us to be and to do. This isn't who Christ wants us to be as his body in the world. Christ wants us to see power for what it is. That power that comes from God, that power that flows through God into Christ Jesus is the only power of this world that matters. All of the other power is simply window dressing on a lie that we're trying to be sold over and over again. Jesus uses his power for the sake of his people. Jesus uses his power for the sake of each one of us when our sins are forgiven. When we are restored to health and brought back to life, brought into the community that Christ is creating. And on this day when Jesus can seem as human as he can be and as glorious as he can be, we are never far from that promise that Jesus has power over sin, power over death, power over the devil power over those things that would draw us away from Christ Jesus. And so we come, as we do every Sunday, as beggars to this table, looking for those promises to be as real as they can be put into our hands, to know that this gift, this meal, is given for you, for the forgiveness of those sins. This is Jesus again, power for the people. Power for God's people. To forgive, to restore, to redeem. Thanks be to God. Amen.